0: Welcome to The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry
1: of St. Mark Baptist Church. Today, as part of our family, you will experience the life-changing and spirit-nurturing Word of God. Please enjoy this time with us as we're committed to helping you grow in knowledge, grow in faith, and grow in God. St. Mark Baptist Church, you grow here.
2: welcome back to the Grow factor podcast a broadcast ministry of the saint mark baptist church here in little rock arkansas my name is pastor john i'm a connections pastor here at saint mark and i'm joined by our senior pastor the scholar the sage dr (laughs) Dr. philip l point too far doing too much (laughs) and this season we are continuing our theme for the year which is dig deeper and we're going to dive into some deep waters as we look at the book of exodus and do a study through the book of exodus as we talk about our deliverance but also our duty after deliverance we're going to talk about civic engagement we're going to talk about social justice it's going to be a great season already started in episode one this episode we're going to talk about getting in some good trouble good trouble good trouble and we're going to cover five questions that are going to be important for you for those of you who want to get in good trouble but these questions may prevent you from doing that so you don't want to miss this episode looking forward to sharing with you all as we talk about getting in some good trouble good trouble man i'm very excited about looking at the life of moses and the calling of moses and gleaning some some truths from that now last time we left brother mo he uh he had some misplaced zeal that we talked about in our last episode so uh he shows up And he sees an Egyptian fighting the Hebrew. He kills the Egyptian, buries him. And then the next day, a couple of Hebrews come up and they're like, bro, (laughs) why you do that? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that causes him to actually flee. Mm -hmm. So what we see is that his misplaced zeal and passion actually lead him towards his purpose. Yeah. And that's a good place just to kind of put a pin in something right there because Despite him missing God, mm-hmm. God uses that moment to actually move him more towards what God's purposes are for him, and that doesn't say a lot about us as a people? Oh man, I you know we could do the whole
0: episode at God factoring our failures into our futures. We we could spend <laughs> the entire time talking about how God mm. knows. Mm. <laughs> before we know that we're gonna fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. And God has already set up paths uh, of, of correction, redirection, and still purpose. Mm. Despite, uh, despite our moral and spiritual failures. Moses is a, is, a, is a criminal man. He ends up being on the run. He runs away yeah. from the scene of the crime he knows he's wrong because he buries the Egyptian in the in the desert <laughs> <laughs> in 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 gen, uh, Exodus chapter two. So um, he's he's on the run and yet running from you know the accountability that would have been his in Egypt. Mm. He runs to uh, a place where he finds uh, acceptance, family, and then ultimately purpose.
2: Mm. So he's a fugitive from his mistake, but he's still captive by God's will. Yeah. Yeah. What God is doing.
0: Yeah, I got too many testimonies of this (laughs) in my own life, Pastor John. And maybe two or three of you out there know what that's like. To I mean you've God just superintending your stumbling Mm. and 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 falling and 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 the most egregious areas of your life Uh, and errors that you've made, decisions you made that you were like, oh, God, it's so, and you look back on it like, Lord, please let me go back and fix it. And God's like, no, I used that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I used that too, because you wouldn't be here if you had not mm-hmm. gone through that path. And that's, that's where we find Moses, oh, Mo, mm-hmm. oh, Mo. Yeah.
2: So he's out here in Midian and probably disappointed in himself. Mm-hmm. And then he has this in, this chance encounter, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, chance, because we know this is God's sovereignty, Uh, At a well in Midian and a young woman comes out to water her wells and and Moses helps. Mm -hmm. And she goes back to her dad and says, hey, this guy out here, help me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ultimately, that leads to Moses going to um, her father's house Mm -hmm. um, and he ultimately marries Zipporah, Mm -hmm. this young woman, and spends time with her. And they have a son. Yeah, and that son's name is Gershom. Mm-hmm. Moses, even in this time of exile, is still thinking about his people. Yeah, because his son's name literally means "son of the foreigner" mm-hmm. or "sojourner." I'm not where I need to be. Yeah, I need to be with and around my people. Yeah, so even in that wilderness or that sojourning, he's he's naming his son, saying, "I want to get back there." Yeah, he he
0: has already chosen according to chapter two, mm. and Hebrews interprets it for us in Hebrews chapter 11, his his decision, he chooses to live with his people in affliction rather than enjoy yeah. the privileges of living in Pharaoh's house. So he's already shown his heart for his people. Again, that's why we call it misplaced passion or misapplied passion. Mm. <clears throat> so when he, he gets out here, he's there in, in Midian, he begins to work for his father-in-law, um, But he has a heart Mm. for his people, knowing they're in bondage, knowing they're under the oppressive hand of Pharaoh uh, and Egypt. Mm. He doesn't forget where he came from. Mm. Mm. He he doesn't
2: forget where he came from. Yeah. And speaking of not forgetting, as we move through chapter two, we see Exodus two ending with God himself hearing Mm -hmm. his people's groanings, hearing the Israelites groanings. And it says that he remembered Mm -hmm. his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I love the way the chapter ends. It just says these words, God knew. Yeah. (laughs) I know uh, some of y'all follow DJ Khaled. He wasn't the first one. He said God did all the time. Well, the text here says God knew. Yeah. And here's (laughs) what I like about it. It says God saw
1: Mm.
0: and God knew. Mm. As yeah. long as, it 400 years, yeah. Mm. but crying out, longing, and listen, some of us can't wait 40 minutes, and I get mm. it, <laughs> I do not like to wait either. I mean, we are in a, we, the microwave is too slow now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you say microwave, but the microwave is too slow now. Mm. Um, we are in a instantaneous and even preemptive, they done made our smartphones so smart that they can preempt us <laughs> mm. and and Advertise products you just thought about. I mean, we want it immediately and, mm. and even before then. Predict my, my purchases and my desires. But God is still long-suffering, and purposes require patience. And But the thing we've got to hold on to when God seems inattentive and inactive is God sees mm. and God knows. God knows. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then what we see in the beginning of chapter three is that Moses is actually spending the next several decades. Mm-hmm. Even though he has this longing to return to his people, God prepares him in a very unique way because he's shepherding mm-hmm. the flock of his father-in-law. Yeah, That he's performing these duties as shepherd and he's not even shepherding his own flock. No. It's his daddy's flock. Right. So right. it's not his sheep. Yeah. But God is calling him to shepherd somebody else's flock. Yes. In the midst of his desire to go back to deliver God's people as an ultimate shepherd of God's people. Yeah. And that's the thing we got. (laughs) We got to
0: remember every church leader needs to remember this. Mm -hmm. Moses is going to say it over and over again in Exodus. And uh, Pastor John, I'll I'll go on and testify. I I won't speak on your behalf. I have to sometimes say, "Now, Lord, remember these are your people. These, ain't, these, ain't, these ain't, it's ain't not just you. These ain't none of mine. <laughs> <laughs> these are your, these are your chosen people. <laughs> you pick this crew, mm. um, uh, but in, in, it's it's he is rehearsing mm. spiritual stewardship, yep. by keeping these sheep for what will amount to about forty years, mm. um, or for a long time. It, it's the idea." Uh, Jethro is the owner, he is the steward, he is the manager. Mm. Um, And In the same way, as we get into the realities of good trouble and the things we're called to do and how we're called to help, it is always so important for us to remember that the purpose and the people Mm. belong to God. Mm. That this is not my title, my role, my... Mm. All of it is God's, Mm. Mm. all of it is God's, and that way I can hold on to it um, in terms of righteous responsibility, but I can also let go of it when seasons shift and things change Mm. because it's all God's Mm.
2: in the the first place. And here's the other thing that's very important about understanding about this text is that in Moses' faithful management, Mm -hmm. God calls him to leadership. Yes, sir. So as he's faithfully managing someone else's flock yeah. and being a good steward, mm-hmm. that's when yeah. God shows up in this burning bush moment to call him to leadership. And I think sometimes, especially in today's culture, people want to skip that necessary step of faithful management mm-hmm. before God calls you to leadership. When Jesus says he meant it, when he says. You need to be faithful over a few things before yeah. I make you rule, rule over many. Yeah, I think because people have followers on social Man. media that they want to move out of that space of God. You being a faithful steward in the middle of managing something before God calls you to lead.
0: I mean, do we want to get on this? Because <laughs> you know, I, I, I often fuss about the uh, unqualified experts, mm. and I w- y'all, please stop listening to them. Please. How many times we got to ask you? (laughs) No, please. I mean, because y'all make them popular. People who have never done anything, who never accomplished anything. Mm. And I know that what they say sounds good and it tickles the emotions and it it makes you feel affirmed Mm. and that kind of stuff. But you're not going to get on the bus and let a 10-year-old drive you. Why would you let a novice in business or marriage or spiritual matters... Shepherd you or lead you when they don't know they haven't accomplished anything, haven't been through anything, haven't seen anything, haven't you know what I mean? You need, uh, and I'm, this is not age restrictive. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, This is this is experience and 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 call. And there are times, periods of preparation. Jesus didn't release the disciples the first day he called them. There were three and a half years of intense. Training before mm. he released them, Paul did not get saved one day and become the apostle to the Gentiles right away, three years in an Arabian desert and it seems to me that obscurity is often mm. the 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 incubator of significance mm. Mm. and that there, if we would be more uh, comfortable more 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 at ease in obscurity mm. and prepared when nobody's watching then we would be better equipped when everybody's watching mm. and that's you know i i, I i'm gonna, i'm gonna get on my soapbox and i'm just talking to y'all cuz y'all listening and i got the mic I, th- this is what I feel about young preachers, you know, and I sound like the old preacher in the club now, the old man in the club. <laughs> but <laughs> but this is what I feel about a lot of young preachers who just they want to jump out and be yeah. the experts at everything. Yeah. Uh, again, people who just got married yesterday now have old marriage conferences, things like that. Um, mm. People who started a business six months ago, you ain't even found your taxes yet for your business. Now you you a doggone uh, business <laughs> guru and expert and holding seminars and stuff like that. Mm. Uh the, the 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 unqualified experts. Moses spends forty years or so mm. learning to manage mm. what belongs to someone else.
1: Mm.
0: And I think we would do well to do so and same. we would do well to let God put us in places of preparation and hold of our end of the bargain. Because mm. The, the real question is, how faithful can you be behind the stage? Yeah, yeah. Before someone gets to see you do what you do, and it's not a matter of ability; it's a matter of preparation, proving, hmm. and 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 God's own timing.
2: And that's what develops. What we talked about last time develops the humility in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes humility to be to do that, mm-hmm. especially in a culture that wants to lift people on these platforms. Yes, when they ain't really got nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 Moses here. Really, you see the humility of of serving his father's father in law's flock, um, as he has a desire mm-hmm. to lead God's pe- to to actually deliver God's people. Yeah, like you know, the desire is there. Yeah, and it looks like and feels like he's outside of what God has called him to do. Mm-hmm. But what he's going to realize is that that faithful management is actually going to help him in the wilderness. Listen, man, listen. <laughs> One of the
0: great movies of all time, one of the great classics of American cinema, is of a young man named Daniel LaRusso, Uh-oh. who's from New Jersey, who moves across country with his mom to California. He gets beat up by some a group of bullies who know karate. He, the, the super in his building is a man named Mr. Miyagi. Mm -hmm. And he finds out Mr. Miyagi knows karate, wants to be trained. So Mr. Miyagi makes him wash cars and then wax Wax on on, with one hand and wax off with the other. (laughs) Then he makes him paint a fence with both hands up, down. He makes him sand the floor. And Daniel is all sore and upset. He's been doing all these chores. I'm supposed to be learning karate, only to find out that those seemingly extraneous, unnecessary tasks have been teaching him the movements he's needed all along to defend himself. Mm. In the same way, life, those things that seem to be extraneous are never wasted. Every experience God puts us in is preparation for purpose that God is going to work out in our Mm. lives. Sometimes you just got to sand the floor. (laughs) Y'all better learn how to (laughs) wax on, wax off. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to paint the fence (laughs) uh, because God is using that. Mm. Uh, to prepare you for something uh, that has some serious significance in the lives of the people you're called to reach.
2: Yeah. And that's what we see with this text. And that's what we see in the life of Moses as we look at our hinge text or a shift in this text, because this is when God shows up to speak Mm -hmm. with Moses um, in Exodus chapter three, verse number 10. -hmm. Uh, He says, uh, I'll start starting nine. So because the Israelites cry for help has come to me and I've also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. Mm-hmm. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, if I'm Moses or if you're thinking about Moses, hey, this is the guy that wants to help his people. Mm-hmm. You would think. Oh, Mo is like, let's go. Yeah. But that's not the case. No, that's not the case here in the text. And that's not what we see here. But here's the interesting thing about this text. God says, I have come down in verse number eight. He's saying, I've come down to deliver my people. But then he turns around here in verse 10 and says, Moses, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. So there's this co-laboring that goes on between Moses and God to deliver God's people. Uh, We see this in 2 Corinthians 6 as Paul is writing to the church at Corinth after he talks about this ministry of reconciliation that we've been given as believers. He says this. He says, working together Mm -hmm. with With him, him, we also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. So he's saying, me, the other apostles, other leaders in the church, we're working together with God in this process. So we're co-laboring with God as we lead God's people. Purpose is always a partnership.
0: Um, hmm. We are never called to work for God without also working with God.
1: Hmm.
0: And this is, so we're going to get into the, these questions that almost keep Moses away. And they're good and legit questions in my mind, and I'm glad Moses went ahead and asked us. Because he would ask the same ones. I would ask once. same joints, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes we do ask these questions. But mm. uh, but the the key to doing God's will is to remember God is willing to do it too. Mm. We're not ever doing it by ourselves, uh, and that's you know. So this is the you know because it's it's uh, it's one thing to see a burning bush and hear God's voice man verses one through nine are incredibly exciting God getting his attention and mm. the, and take off your shoes um, the place you're standing is holy ground it gives us this incredible picture of the power of God, mm. but the purpose of God always stretches us yeah you know and I you know I think some of us want to live at that burning bush mm. but never actually engage in mm the actual work because it will stretch you it does challenge you it will call you to do things that are beyond you and outside of you and you know Moses zeal mm. that we see when he kills the Egyptian 40 years earlier naming of his son you know at this point you know he's an older guy he feels like man time and gifts necessary to do this mm. you know I'm I'm mm. I mean I, I may not have the youth, I may not have the gifts um, to get this done, but God's I have come down Mm -hmm. is what you and I have to keep in our minds and what Moses, that should ideally, (laughs) prayerfully we grow to the place where that's enough Mm. for us to do anything for God.
2: Yeah. And so that's what we find here. We find that Moses' misplaced zeal actually leads to God's well-placed timing. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this, that God was sovereign in the the place of his misplaced zeal. But we've seen this throughout history. Um, And I lament about this today, just seeing the social justice work going on, um, being actively involved in some work uh, myself, is that, oftentimes what you see is this short-term zeal that turns Mm -hmm. into short-term action that does not have sustainable change attached to it. So what you see is a lot of organizations launched around 2020 Mm -hmm. uh, after Breonna Taylor was murdered and George Floyd was murdered. But now you're seeing silence from them because Mm -hmm. there's this misplaced zeal that's not attached to this calling or this purpose that that has been set forth by God for those folks. So so that's the thing that, that I've looked at historically, thinking through the folks who have been called to work, like Harriet Tubman or Frederick Douglass or, or Martin Luther King, you see all these folks who have been shaped by their experiences. They may have had zeal, and then God kind of shifts them towards his calling, and you see them operating in that and flowing in that in a very, very good
0: way. In the long term as well, you see it with a man, we, we named the episode, we named the study tonight, Good Trouble, after yeah. John Lewis, after his work, uh, from the time, from his time as a student, mm-hmm. all the way through the remainder of his life uh, in in government service, um, the, the idea that stick-to-itiveness, because mm. here's what we're going to see about Moses, 40 years... Of preparation, but he's also got forty years of service. He's got to give. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. He's <laughs> got to give forty years of service. Yeah. Uh, to to this passion of of uh, mm. setting God's people free and potentially being their leader. Uh, and the the sustainability yeah. of my zeal uh, is is one thing, mm. but the sustainability of my work is another. Mm zeal ebbs and flows at times, Pastor John, if we can just be honest. Absolutely. Sometimes I feel like it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm fired up about it, sometimes I'm not. Uh, we can get passion fatigue where you care and care and care and then you just get tired of caring. That's good. And some people who are only passion mm. and no purpose That's good. will start the work, firecrackers, pow, boom, boom, pow, and then they fizzle and fade.
2: Yeah, you can get passion fatigue, but you shouldn't get mission fatigue. Shouldn't get mission fatigue. The work is a long
0: work, and Mm. it it requires a faithfulness, the getting up when you don't feel like it, the showing up when you don't feel like it, the speaking up when you don't feel heard. Mm. And this is what Moses is going to have to develop Mm. Uh, and this is what we're called to develop as well. Moses 40 years. I don't know how long it's going to be for mm. us in, 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 in our lives, but there is going to have to be, uh, some stick to that goes beyond just the initial burning sensation of, I need to do something about
2: it
1: yeah. right now.
2: And that's my encouragement to everyone. I think that we all need to find ourselves getting in some form of good trouble. Amen. That given, our historical reality given our cultural DNA that there's something entrenched in who we are that we are to all look for opportunities to seek justice in our sphere of influence mm-hmm. when you look at faithful folks like John Lewis I mean that man was faithful character integrity mm-hmm. like when he died nobody had anything bad to say about yeah. him just because he had that stick to it in this that we don't necessarily see in today's culture but What we want to do is ask you that question, like, who is next? What's next? Mm -hmm. Like, we should stop looking for the next king Mm -hmm. because all of us have some way that we can get in some good trouble. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that we avoid or at least be real with these five questions that actually nearly prevented Moses from getting in good trouble. Mm-hmm. And we see these in the text in chapter 3 and 4, and they're real questions, like you said. Like yeah, man. We ask those questions, yeah, yeah. and so it isn't because Moses is being sinful and asked these questions. They're actually legitimate questions that yeah. he's asking of God, but it also demonstrates uh, the faithfulness of God in answering those questions in ways that and demonstrate who he is in the process of keeping us through them. Yeah, and I,
0: I want to be very clear about what what Moses is being asked to do, really commanded to do. <laughs> hey, shepherd guy, eighty year old mm. shepherd, you don't even have your own sheep. Mm. <laughs> You're dependent on your father-in-law for your income. Go to the most powerful nation on the earth, mm. to the most powerful person on the earth. <laughs> No army, no angel, no—not even a sword. I'm not gonna give you a sword and singular sword, and <laughs> give you nothing. Go there, put your finger in his face, and say, "God said, let these folk go." That's that's it. That's it. it. That's, that's, the, that's message. the whole joint. That's the whole joint. Mo, here's what I want you to do: go down, take your eighty-year-old self. <laughs> Push them sandals down the down the sand
1: mm.
0: put your finger in Pharaoh's face and yeah. say, God said, mm. let these people go. Mm. And uh and and tell the people God said, I got you.
1: Mm.
0: Well, where's the army? Where's the where's the <laughs> I, got got questions. I got it? I got you. I got, <laughs> if you don't have questions based on that, right. then your faith is beyond <sighs> Astronomical, yeah. You, you need to be sitting here, <laughs> here
2: teaching us. Join all. the growth, because if, if
0: that's all it takes for you, and listen, teach me, master, teach me. But as for me, I'm gonna have these, questions. I'm gonna have some questions, have some questions <laughs> for God, for Dr. God, for Mr. Jesus.
2: So let's look at these five questions yeah. that we see Moses ask in the text. And the first one starts in verse number 11. Right after God says, I'm sending you. Mm-hmm to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people the Israelites out of Egypt. First question from Moses in verse 11, but Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? First question is, who am I? It's a question of identity Mm -hmm. from Moses, from Moses. Yeah. Um, And then God responds. Yeah. God responds to him in verse number 12. Look what God answers him. He says, I will certainly be with you. Yeah. And this will be the sign to you that I'm the one who sent you when you bring the people out of Egypt. You will all worship God on this mountain. God's answer is, I will be with you. Now, here's the thing. He doesn't answer Moses' question. No. Moses says, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? And God said, well, I'm going to be with you. You you ain't got to worry about who you are. Yeah. You need to be concerned about who I am. I am. Yeah, you
0: know, it was, it's, the, it's the rock. Uh, <laughs> when he was wrestling, he would ask, what do you think about such and such and such? And then he would say, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the same idea. Who am I? Mm.
1: It
0: doesn't matter. And it, it it's, it's not that it doesn't matter in the sense of you're not valuable to God. Mm. It doesn't matter in the sense of the purpose of your life is not dependent on you alone. Mm that's mm. that's that's it doesn't matter because i'm with you
2: yeah mm.
0: and what, what we're going to see with all of them and i'm just going to ruin the lesson till the whole thing what we're going to see is the, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going we're going to see what god is doing is highlighting his sufficiency god's mm. own full sufficiency mm. uh so each of these questions is god's answer is me i me it. <laughs> me <laughs> me doc i yeah, got you yeah. i got it i'm 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 here uh, mm. And so, in in the same way, when we you know we're all called to do things grander than our our mm. personal gifts, but the answer to those shortcomings, especially the one of identity, is is mm. who God is. I am with you, and it seems, you know, if you're if you're a church baby or you've been in church a long time, it seems like church jargon and just church lingo, mm. or it seems uh, just colloquial, you know. I'll never leave you or forsake you, and those kinds of things. Uh, but the reality is that is what gave power and strength and courage to the four parents who fought uh, for mm. justice. That's what gives Moses the, um, uh, the the confidence to go stand before Pharaoh ultimately. Uh, we see it in the life of Joseph. Every mm. stop along the way, we talked about Joseph last week and in, in last week's lesson, uh, um, Joseph's every stop in the pit in Potiphar's house, in the prison, in the palace, the Bible has the refrain, and the Lord was with him. Mm. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. And that is, if we can grab that,
1: Mm.
0: that who I am, hey, that don't matter. Mm. (laughs) As much as the fact that the God is with me, um, God's identity matters Mm.
2: Mm.
0: uh, over and
2: against our own. Yeah, so he never answers Moses' identity. He says, he reveals his own Identity. And I think, you know, with that question, though, I think it's how we ask the question. Because in Moses saying, who am I, he's running his resume. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think we need to run our resume when they ask that question. We actually need to run God's faithfulness. Yeah. By saying, man, who am I? But. Oh yeah, I have a God who is faithful, yeah. and yeah. His identity is faithfulness. And this is not Moses on a sense of self-discovery. Let's <laughs> that's, right. that's
0: also so the who am I question is not uh, Moses saying, "Well, I don't know who I am, right. and I'm trying to go on a journey of self-discovery." That's not that's not this who am I. This who am I is who am I as it relates to authority right. and power.
1: Yeah,
0: I didn't go to the right schools. Yeah, I I just yeah. I don't have all that. Yeah, I don't have i'm not I'm not of the right stuff of the right stock, mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm poor i'm I'm on the backside of this desert. I ain't got my own sheep out here. you know what I mean right. what am I gonna do? Have a sheep bammed to death I don't know you know for <laughs> <throw laughs> wool at the, at, the, at what are we gonna do about that I mean, who am I mm-hmm. is the you know yeah. there may be someone mm-hmm. but I'm not the one because of my in insufficiency and inadequacies and that's when god says "Ah, yeah you do not you don't have it but i do
1: mm.
2: yeah. and that's what god's answer teaches us and that is that god's presence is actually the antidote to our own insufficiency that yeah. we have this disease of an- insufficiency mm-hmm. that god injects his faithfulness or his presence into and mm-hmm. says hey i'm the antidote to that yeah. like you're sufficient because my grace is sufficient yeah
0: yeah, and I, you know, there's so many things I want I want to say about that. Um, one one thing I do want us to grab tonight, especially, is this identity question as it relates to authority and power is often turned inside out because because mm. you see people who seem conceited and arrogant, um, people who struggle if it's not uh, an official diagnosis of of narcissism, but they struggle with narcissistic behaviors. What you really see is a person who has turned their sense of insufficiency inside out mm. and they're overcompensating for it. That's right, that's right. Arrogance is an overcompensation for a lack of a sense of identity.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And so the answer for both low <laughs> self-esteem <laughs> and inflated self-esteem mm. is God-esteem mm. because it puts us right back where we're supposed to be, with which is dependent but therefore confident.
2: Mm. That's good. Yeah. So Moses starts with that question, Who am I? God responds and says, I will be with you, and talks about his own sufficiency. And then Moses turns around mm-hmm. and says, All right, I got another question, God. Verse number 15. What should I say when they have questions? Look mm-hmm. at verse 15. So uh, he says, uh, God also said to Moses, Say to this, this to the Israelites, the Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. That's what he responds to Moses saying in verse 13. Mm-hmm. Moses says, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name, what should I tell them? Yeah. I want to know what to say. He's he's actually questioning his credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the people so he's saying hey when I come to them I'm going to have to have something to say I can't just say God told me to go to Moses Yeah, <laughs> I need some credibility with these folks especially since some of them already know what I've done the, by killing this the Egyptian last, we talked about the last episode credibility
0: Moses, um, Moses temper mm. caused him to lose a little credibility so this is again a legit question here mm-hmm. legit question because man you know, last they saw me, last they knew of me, <laughs> right. I was killing an Egyptian and I buried him in the sand. Mm. And then when I was confronted about it, rather than own up to it and, and and I ran, I just ran away. I've been out here for these 40 years because of that. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I need something because it's, you know, the person that is uh, holding people hostage and and enslaving them, Pharaoh, I need something to say to Pharaoh and I need something to say to the people that I'm then going to, here's the, here's the B side. Mm. So go to the most powerful nation, go to the most powerful person, tell them I said, let these folk go Mm. because I said so. Mm. Then you're going to tell this group of people, this nation, (laughs) right? Hey, everybody, follow me. (laughs) (laughs) Come through. (laughs) I know the way. (laughs) Right. Let's go. Let's go. Mm. Where where are we going? Why do we? How do you know? Who told you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Doc? Yeah, yeah. What what seminary did you graduate from? What school did you go to? What other nations have you led? Have you been an assistant mm. nation leader somewhere? Mm. You know what I mean? Where you where are you getting these credentials from mm. Mm. to tell us mm. that a is time to go and we all just gonna follow you and get out here. Mm. Yeah, that's that's
2: that's the that's a that's a legit question. That's a legit question. And then God turns around and answers that question. He says, uh, I am who I am. Yeah. Verse 14. Yeah. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Mm -hmm. Now, what we need to understand about this phrase, I am that I am, um, it is actually. Uh, a phrase that uses some of the same continents of what they already know as the covenant name of God, mm-hmm. which is Yahweh. Yes. Uh, uses similar consonants. So it's connecting this name for God with what the patriarchs and what the people of Israel already know God to be. And we already talked about this before, but when you look in your Bible and you see the word Lord capitalized, all caps, that is the covenant name of God, Yahweh. Mm-hmm. So God says, Hey, that same God that they know as the covenant God,
0: that's me. Yeah. It is a it, it, the English, what we call a transliteration. Um, the Hebrew letters put into English letters, the closest way we can do it is a Y, mm-hmm. an H, a W, and an H. Um, then the Hebrews would put a little little marks to tell you how to pronounce it. So, the best that we can pronounce it that we know of is Yahweh. It used to be Jehovah we you know we'd still use Jehovah. there's nothing sinful about uh using Jehovah, but the more accurate according to those who do this every day is Yahweh, so Yahweh, Jehovah, same name, same thing. They come from this self description self revelation now this is mm-hmm. this is the big deal right here. This is God revealing something about God's nature mm. in a descriptive and giving through a name I'm going to shout Moses and Israel a way to access mm. and understand God yeah that's what it is mm. so the 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 term the the words God uses simply mean I am who I am it it speaks of God's self-existence the fact that God exists in, of, and by God's self. God is not created. God is not dependent. God is not codependent. God just exists hmm. beyond our capacity to fathom with our human small uh, minds. But they, I want you to know me. Hmm. And so I'm going to explain the unexplainable. Or I'm going to give you a way to access the incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a way to know me in a way you can understand, mm. even though it's limited because it doesn't fully describe. Yeah. So here it is, I am who I am, self-existent, so pre-existent before all, um existent outside and beyond all, transcendent, mm. feeling all time and space but not dependent or held down by any time or space. Tell them that that's who it is. Mm tell mm-hmm. them that so you lack credibility
1: yeah
0: you you they you they may not believe you they don't you you know you <laughs> I, and you good i get it right but all of the godness that there is mm. is backing you
1: mm.
0: that's the that's the, that's the and there are innumerable names for god uh or not innumerable but a whole lot of names for god in scripture but this one is the key to grabbing God's what we call eternality, mm-hmm. or, or another theological term.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's those those names show up throughout Scripture in the patriarchs. You have Almighty God in Genesis 17.1. You have the everlasting God uh, in Genesis 21.33. And then Jacob meets the God of Bethel mm-hmm. in Genesis 35.7. Now, theologians call this idea that God expresses here the aseity of God, mm-hmm. which literally means in the Latin... From myself, That means I'm self-sufficient. I'm independent of anything else and autonomous. Now, Mm -hmm. this is important because you got to understand these people were ingrained in the culture of gods that were not Mm self-sufficient. And they've been living in this culture for decades, centuries, centuries. Yeah. So as they are living in this culture of gods that are not self-sufficient, God shows up. The God of the universe shows up and says, here's my distinguishing feature. Yeah. I'm not Ra, I'm not the sun god, I'm not the moon god, I'm not the god of frogs. I'm actually self-sufficient. I yeah. am who I am. Yeah. Yahweh. I'm self-sufficient, independent of any creative logical thought of any Egyptian who made me a god. Right. I am the god of all the universe. Yeah. And and
0: and it's that's a big 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 deal because Moses is then told, listen to this. Whew, to claim, to hang mm. his claims on God's identity, not his own credibility, <laughs> sheesh. That's <I see. laughs> it. So everything you claim Mo, cause you say, mm. what if they don't believe you? Mm. So hang all of your claims on who I am,
1: mm.
0: not on who you are or what you've done or the standing you have in, in station in society. And that as believers, yeah. Yeah. When we are when the faith is under extreme attack and onslaught and the veracity of our faith is being questioned in every corner, um, even by some who claim to be among us or with us,
1: hmm.
0: denying the, the the supernatural elements of Scripture, denying the, the reasonableness of Scripture, denying the, the truthfulness of Scripture. Though, I mean, those kinds of things, denying the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the exclusive uh, uh, claims of the gospel. We are not to hang our claims on our credibility. Hmm. We are to hang our claims on his godness. Hmm. If God is God, Hmm. then these things are possible and these things are true and these things are right.
2: Yeah, this is probably the most difficult question for folks who are planners who like to know every stage of something happening (laughs) and always have that how question. But what God teaches us in this passage is that he ultimately answers our question not with isn't how, but with a who, who like you don't need to know the how when you know the who.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yes, sir.
2: because when you know the who, then the how is going to work itself out. Absolutely. So for Moses, God answers in this way to say, I'm self-sufficient. I need you to go and tell them Mm -hmm. I'm unlike these Egyptian gods and I'm going to be self-sufficient. I'm going to be independent of anything else, any of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to work autonomously to be able to bring you all out. Yeah. So lean and depend on me, yeah. which is going to be a consistent theme throughout all of these answers to the question. The whole, uh, every a, a, the answer to every question is God. That's God,
0: it. God. 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 That's God, God, the whole God. episode. God. 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 <laughs> God. That's the answer to all the questions. <laughs> it's, the it's the kid. You know, y'all seen it on social media, the kid who there's difficult math problem or something like that, and they just put Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> that's Jesus, it. Jesus is always the answer. That's, that's, the that's Sunday the,
2: school answer yeah, every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so two questions we've covered so far. This next one in verse number one is a response to God saying to him, hey, I know the king of Egypt's not going to allow you to go. Right. Even under the force of a strong hand, And says, hey, I'm still going to deliver you. And I need you each to ask your neighbor for silver and gold. We'll talk about that later. But Moses answers and says in verse one of chapter four, what if they won't believe me? And will not obey me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. Yeah. God ain't told you nothing, right? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> right. <laughs> so Moses here is actually questioning his believability, right? Even though God showed up, burning bush, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like all these miraculous events that Moses is seeing and experiencing, but he still questions his believability. Yeah,
0: yeah. It it's so. You know, the credibility question is really about Israel. What if, why would Israel listen to me and follow me Mm. out? This question is about Egypt and Pharaoh. Why will they listen to me when I say Mm -hmm. it's time to go? Mm -hmm. Um, And that that question of having to face powers, authorities, positions, Mm. systems that seem to have more power than you. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. can, can I can I really be effective at speaking truth to power? And it, you know, if we talk about good trouble and we're looking at it from a social perspective, it becomes challenging hmm. when you feel like you're a small person facing a big issue yeah. and all of the um governmental financial hmm. uh influential um Chips are on the other side of the table.
1: Mm. Yep.
0: That 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 that's hard. That's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, hard to hard to overcome in psychologically and emotionally. Mm. And that you know, God, how can I, how can I get the? Especially because you just said they are stubborn. Right. You just said they're not going to even. You know. You just said they're, they're not going to let us go. They're not going to do it. Yeah. They, they, you know. Because uh, evil is is stubborn. It's obstinate. It's resistant. Mm. Uh, especially evil that is prospering Mm. (laughs) economically because of its evil. They don't, they don't want to let that stuff go. They don't want to let their slaves go. No. Mm. So how do we, how do I, how do I overcome that? Mm. How do I get there? How do I, how do I effectively speak this truth to power?
2: Yeah. So even with God's assurance, Moses has questions, right? Mm -hmm. And so God responds in verse number two immediately. (laughs) And he asks him a question. Uh, What is that in your hand? Mm -hmm. That's the question he asked him. Yep. And so uh, Moses responds and says, um, a staff, mm-hmm. and he's a shepherd. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's going to have, God's using what he is equipped with. Yeah. In order to deal with this issue. Yeah. I, you
0: know, I, I, you know, Pastor John, we've been preparing for this and I've been reading and, and mm. thinking through and, and praying about that rod. And mm. I have spoken about it many times mm-hmm. um, and we've, you know, preached, I've preached about it so much all those things that are in your hand and that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. and and man i i wonder sometimes about god's sense of humor is is mm. is is this it's as the more i read it the more i it seems a little tongue in cheek to me mm. like this great <laughs> need and significant and God is just like, uh, uh, what's that in your hand? You know, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> man, I can use anything. I can yeah. use anybody. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. Just, mm. okay, you, you, okay? use that. Use the stick. Use mm. the stick you got. That's fine.
2: Still pointing out insu- yeah. yeah. Moses' insufficiency.
0: Because, because it, it highlights the reality that what you're going to do with a rod? Mm. What, you know what I'm saying? What you're going to do with a stick? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know what i'm saying you can you you're you going to take your stick against them swords and chariots and all that stuff you know what mm-hmm. i mean um but no it's 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 saying that what you have in your hand hmm. in, insignificant insufficient hmm. but i'm going to show that through the insignificant insignificant and insufficient hmm. my power is still yeah bigger than pharaohs yeah uh and that's that's the you know and that's that, you know, that what's in your hand question seems to me, I think, God being uh, that that humorous side of our Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, to give us that assurance that it don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter what you got. I, I got you, so it don't matter what you got.
2: And it's almost as if God continues to remind him of that mm-hmm. because he uses that rod over numerous instances. Oh, yeah. It's called the rod of God mm-hmm. in uh, the Old Testament. So he continues to use that rod over and over again. It's almost as if he's saying, you're still insufficient, mm-hmm. even though you delivered these people. Mm-hmm. You're still insufficient, even though you struck that rock. There's yes. still an insufficiency attached to what's in your hand. Yeah. And he used what was in his hand to readjust his heart. Yes. To, to demonstrate to him that I am all you need. The old preacher said, that the rod in Moses's
0: hand Mm. equals Moses in God's hand. That's good. Insufficient, powerless, Mm. but in God's hand Mm. is working wonders. The rod in Moses's hand is equal to Moses in God's hand. Same way with us. We are those lifeless nothings. But in the hand of God, in mm-hmm. the hand of that powerful, self-existent, um, eternal, transcendent God, mm-hmm. we can be used to do any and everything necessary to bring God glory and to bring about mm-hmm. a positive uh, good in the lives of others. And we see it in other places in scripture, things, the insufficient things that God uses. Mm-hmm.
2: God uses insufficiency of a donkey's jawbone mm-hmm. with Samson. Yeah. Um, for God's sufficient purposes, there and then also we see in the New Testament popular passage the little boy mm-hmm. with the uh, five loaves two fish yes. insufficient to feed the crowd, mm-hmm. but Jesus takes it and make it sufficient, not only sufficient but more than enough. Yeah. So we get these consistent reminders, and again these reminders should humble us to show and demonstrate to us, man we we just don't have enough on our own. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even what we have in our hand, even our education, even our degrees, even our jobs, even our families, yeah. um, all of that is insufficient apart from God's hand and God's work in our lives. Yeah. The, the best
0: thing you have is a stick. <laughs> the, be- the best part of your resume mm. is just a little raggedy stick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just mm-hmm. that's all. You are equipped with a stick. That's all. You mm-hmm. I mean you can get all the degrees in the world. You know we pro education. Right. We we all in it. We love the we love it. Go degree. get that education. Yeah, go get it, Jack. <laughs> I mean, you know, um you you know, all of the money in the world that you can mm-hmm. make and save and utilize, whatever you go whatever you have, mm-hmm. it ain't nothing but a stick. Because if God is not putting God's power on it, it's not going to make an eternal difference at mm. all. It's mm. just a stick. Mm. But whatever it is, when yielded to God, mm. uh, God, can, God can use it and will use it mm. uh, in incredible ways.
2: Mm. Yeah. And then God gives him two signs mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of that. He asked him to put his hand in his cloak. It turned leprous. He brought it out, put it back in. God healed it. He mm. told him to throw the staff on the ground. It became a sneak a snake picked it back up again became staff again Mm -hmm. and then after those two instances (laughs) Moses has another question yeah I you (laughs)
0: know I I don't want to I we we got we're gonna be on time on this episode I hope (laughs) well no never mind because we're (laughs) not gonna go past what I just explained (laughs) (laughs) no it is too much good stuff in there you know the you 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 see that you see that that rod Mm -hmm. um turning into a snake we'll talk about it when we get to uh, Moses actually facing Pharaoh. Yeah. That snake is a symbol of Egypt, mm-hmm. and anybody who deals with snakes knows you don't pick up snakes by the tail. Do not, because they'll turn around and bite you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rod turning into the snake is a picture of God's power over Egypt. Because the, again, what if Pharaoh don't believe? Me? That's fine. Don't worry about it. I can grab a snake by the tail. Mm. <laughs> without being without being afraid of it
2: that's good
0: uh that's that's the that's the idea of that the the leprosy is the same thing the god who is he's going to reveal himself later in exodus as the mm. god who heals uh jehovah or, or yahweh rapha uh and and each of these elements the the water the blood uh yeah. is these are pictures of god's power specifically over egypt and it's perceived authority and yep. strength. Yep. And we'll see those in the plagues more and more. But I just wanted to, I didn't want to go past, while well, we're talking about good trouble mm. and, it, and saying we've got to do it, that that the, the, the stick turn, turning into a stake, grabbing it by the tail and turning back into a stick is... God's power over social systems—that's mm. that's explicitly what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was demonstrating to yeah, Moses there. I'm, I'm stronger than that. Yeah. With, with the people you're scared of, I'm stronger than them. Yeah.
2: yeah. But even with that message, Moses turns around and asks this question in verse number ten. He says, "Please, Lord, I've <laughs> never been eloquent mm. either in the past or recently, or since you've been speaking to your servant, because my mouth." and my tongue are sluggish. So Moses now questions his qualifications. Mm. Um, It it says he appeared slow to speak, Mm -hmm. speech, which literally means I got a heavy mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I can't get it out. Yeah. I can't get it out. But here's the thing. Here's the crazy part about it. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house. Yeah. He received the best yeah education yep and luke himself in the book of acts says that he was mighty in words and deeds so now he's questioning his qualifications yet he was raised in pharaoh's house probably received a great education Mm -hmm. uh but now he's focusing on his own mouth and his own speech yeah yeah isn't it something because he's got all of these things
0: going for him but he's focused on the thing he doesn't feel like he does well.
2: Mm. Don't we do that? Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, we are our own worst critics mm. and despite all of the other things that he does incredibly well, clearly, <laughs> he still says, but this is the problem. This, mm. I got this speech thing. Um, and some have described it as a stutter, others as other kind of speech impediments. We don't exactly know what it is is something I relate to uh, for those who know my story. Mm. Um, it's something that other um, preachers and proclaimers can relate to. And God often calls you to operate in the area of a natural weakness mm. <laughs> for the sake of his greater glory. Um, mm. But mm. It's, 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 it's the idea of just trying to find a way out of
2: mm.
0: you know this call that is irresistible.
2: Man, and what I really love about this is God's answer. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: He says, who placed a mouth Mm -hmm. on humans? That's enough for me right there. (laughs) Who put a mouth Mm -hmm. on you? Then he says, who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say, man. He says, don't focus on your mouth or your speech. Focus on the one that created your mouth. So this is question number four, Pastor John. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. The
0: previous three answers to all of Moses questions have been God, God, and God. Mm. And so question number four, let's what answer (laughs) what's the answer to this this one? (laughs) I know what it is. It's God. God. (laughs) It's God again. Um, God, reminding mm. Moses of the implications of what he just revealed in his self-revelation as being Yahweh. Mm. I am that I am. I am who I am. I'm the, self, I'm the self-existent, transcendent God. And that includes not just making mouths. Mm. I love this. I love how he personalizes it. Yeah. Your mouth. Yeah. I will help you mm. speak. I will teach you. What to say? Yeah, yeah. I I I, I made the mouths, mm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna handle yours personally mm. <laughs> with this issue. <laughs> um, and what a what an incredibly uh, faith building principle this ought to be for us. Yeah, a, a confidence inducing principle that when I'm God calls me in my area of weakness because that's where he's gonna, that's where he's gonna show up with his involvement. Mm. Mm. My, my place of weakness is an opportunity for his involvement mm. with me. Because if he calls me to my strengths, I might not know I need him. That's it, that's it. So he calls me to my weakness. He pulls me into a place of weakness where I'm aware that I'm weak because I need him in every area mm. but where I'm aware where I'm weak a place that feels insecure mm. that that where I have these confidence questions and he says that's where I'm going to meet
2: you mm. you know it's I'm very there. it's very dangerous when you feel like you're more than qualified to what God has called you to i mean you we can attest to this personally like you've been doing this for decades and still when we get up to proclaim we still feel that sense that man God you've called me to this but I still feel underqualified every time nervous every time I you know
0: the (laughs) the qualifications issue especially for for the speaking mm-hmm. gifts. It's my, my, you know. for those who don't know, I have two speech impediments, a stutter and a lisp. My, the deliberate nature that I speak is not me being preachy, it's so that I can get my words out. When I pause, the way I pause, hmm. that's so that I can think and breathe and speak, <laughs> try to articulate clearly. Um, every time, I stand before people, yeah. when I have to speak in, even in these recordings and settings like that, the, if if I could turn the camera around, the team would tell you <laughs> that I am the worst because of this sense of of, of inadequacy around, particularly for me, mm. speaking. And yet, this is how I mm. serve God and God's people. Mm. And how I, John, this is also I, like I feed my family with, yeah, having to do my weakness all the time. That's crazy. The thing I'm the most weak in mm. is the thing that God has used to put my children mm. to, through school and stuff like that. That kind of stuff. He will. This is what I mean. It. it, it he. He meets you there. That's where he meets you. Mm. That's where he meets you. And it's it's that sense of inadequacy, mm. not having these qualifications that invite mm. these experiences with God or this 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 um this this dependence on god yeah that creates these opportunities to to see god work in incredible ways Mm -hmm. and i you know it's a it's the it's the weirdest wildest thing
2: in the world Mm. world
0: to to have to constantly live in this place of weakness
2: really is and it's that well-worn saying right god doesn't Called a qualified, he really does qualify the really call, mm-hmm. and that means that that dependence, man, has to be all the way in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really have to lean in and depend on him for for that weakness. Because if we're doing it in our own strength, uh, that means that we feel equipped to do it. Yeah. But when we're doing it in our weakness, that's when God's strength shows up, puts the super on the natural. Yeah, and then things that we thought were just regular words that we're saying. Someone comes up and says, man, when you said this, yeah. I'm like, man, I just wrote that <laughs> as part of my outline on the side. Yes. I wasn't going to say nothing about yeah. it, but that's when God shows up and, and shows up in your weakness to strengthen you, to yeah. strengthen us. And,
0: and, I'm, and, you know, I want to turn that inside out and say that one of the things that I am clear about, the people who I don't ever want preaching to me are the ones who <laughs> think they supposed to be preaching to me. Lord the Jesus. one, <laughs> the Bama that's like, yeah, cause why don't they put me on the oh, I don't ever want to hear that. That's not what I want I don't hear. ever want to hear that at all. <laughs> I need the person that's, that's scared, mm. that's saying, Lord, please, 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 please. That's what I, I want that person. Mm. I want that individual because mm. I need the dependent one mm. Um, to to proclaim and and serve and and lead. Same thing with leaders. I don't want the leader who says, well, it's my turn. It's my time. I've been here long enough. I've paid my dues. Like you're old. I don't want that. I want the person like, no, I don't really. No, let me think. I don't want to do that. No, I need, that's what I need. And that's who I want leading me.
1: Those really make the best leaders. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yep.
2: All right. So, so last question that Moses ask here is found in verse number 13 and this is right after god talks about him making his mouth like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna do it yeah now you just need to lean on me uh listen to what he says in verse number 13. he says please lord send somebody else someone else so he questions here his particularity Mm -hmm. his particular call to this particular people And saying, I know you got somebody else out there Mm -hmm. who can do this, even though he has the desire and the passion to do it. Yep. Because we see him show up and try to do it in his own strength. Yep. And he's sitting in Midian steaming, Mm -hmm. waiting for an opportunity to help deliver God's people. Yeah. Now he's like, is there anybody else? Is
0: there another way? You know, is there is. I, I appreciate the offer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, God, I appreciate the offer, You've been listen. Hey, <laughs>
2: that's exactly what I said.
0: This is an honor. It's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> but Tamara, can we please get someone else? Mm. Um, because Moses. He doesn't it's a, and the particularity issue is so significant. It's not just that he doesn't feel qualified; he doesn't feel special. Mm. And you know we got to walk that line because you ain't special, but you are special. When you there is a unique call to feel to fulfill a unique assignment, a unique purpose for your birth, um, and God is going to get what God wants done done. But there won't be another you to do it. Mm. Mm. So you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta there's a particular call for you. For you. Which is why you can't wait anymore and delay anymore and and and, and play around anymore. Mm. And you can't wait for conditions to be right and for people to, you know, come to your rescue or come to your side or come to support you. You gotta just know that God is calling you. And you gotta know that mm. you you you're the man or you're the woman if you don't do it, no one can. God is gonna get God's work done, but mm. but the thing you're supposed to do is gotta be you,
2: yeah, that's what you gotta lean into, yeah. and that's what Moses felt. he felt like anybody else could do this despite having that personal passion for his people's freedom mm-hmm. and this is one of the things that really frustrates me today because. I've seen a lot of social media activism Mm. and advocacy without actually doing the hard work. Oh, yeah. Which ultimately says someone else can do the work. Yes. I just want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And when God ultimately is calling you to do something as opposed to which social media media advocacy works, um, it can go viral But at the same time, someone has to do the on the ground work Mm -hmm. and and feel that call. If you feel called to call it out on social media, Mm -hmm. you need to feel called to walk it out in the streets to get it done. Very much so. And so for for me, I think when he is questioning his particularity, I think a lot of people do the same thing when they post on social media, but don't feel like they can do anything about it. Right. When in today's culture, there's a lot of stuff that you can do locally to impact your community. So we don't have that excuse. I think it's just the laziness or the lack of passion or mission to say that I really want to lean into this and do something. Because ultimately, when we post those posts, we say somebody else do it. Yes, I just want to talk about it. Somebody
0: ought to do something about that. Yeah, that's been, somebody should fix that. Somebody should should go help them. Somebody should go advocate. Somebody. What if know. that somebody is you? Yeah. What? What? I'd say it all the time. The thing that bothers you mm-hmm. is probably what you're called to.
2: That's good. That's so true. One one
0: of the one of the ways I know I'm called to teach this gospel (laughs) is because I am (laughs) sick of so annoyed with bad teaching. Oh my goodness! (laughs) And and people who who pull truth, pseudo truth out of the clear blue sky, Mm. and act as if it's on par with the tried and true trusted word of God. I just, you know, that's how I know. That annoys. That's one of the things I know I'm called to do is because of that.
2: Annoys me beyond measure. That's that teaching gift there. (laughs) Beyond measure. Um, So God's answer to him, though, shows up here in verse number 14, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, It starts by saying this. This is the first time that we see that God's anger. Shows up with Moses's question.
0: Won't won't be the last time, but this first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. It's going to show up again. But this is the first time. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, isn't Aaron, the Levite, your brother? I know that he can speak well. And also he is on his way now to meet you. So I'm sending somebody. Mm-hmm. He will rejoice when he sees you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help you both. I will help both you and him to speak. See, he said, I will help both you and him to Mm -hmm, speak. mm -hmm. And I will teach you both what to do. So he doesn't skirt Moses' responsibility to speak. You're going to have to speak. Because he says, I will teach you and him to speak. Mm -hmm. So I'm sending him to come alongside you Mm -hmm. and proclaim as well. But guess what? I'm still going to use your mouth. Yeah. 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 So this is the first time that uh, that that God is angry with Moses, despite the questions. And the answer here is God providing Moses to make up for Moses's perceived shortcomings. Yeah. But what we see here is God demonstrating to us the importance of community Mm -hmm. in this work, Mm -hmm. that this effort that Moses is about to go on isn't really a solo mission. No. But it's a joint venture, like he's inviting Aaron into this journey with Moses and someone who has a like passion f- for him because he's a Levite too. Yes, and and
0: and and his brother. And I, I, you know, when I preach this passage, and you know, who is Aaron for us? There, there. I, I think there's a cross-shaped answer. Uh, God gives us partners in purpose mm-hmm. among one another. Uh, our our work together. John, mm. partner in purpose, uh, but then when I look at Aaron's role and identity as a as a brother who's also the, who's also the high priest, mm. Uh, mm. we also have a brother, our big brother, who's the high priest, yes sir, uh, who comes alongside of us mm. and who helps us to do the work we're called to do. That's good. Uh, and in that same way, uh, our inadequacies, he 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 did. The, I'm sending him to you. Same way. Mm. That when we needed our brother, mm. he didn't come from Egypt to Midian, he came from heaven to earth yes sir. and and gave us the partnership, mm. the connection we need to accomplish uh, he, he got in it with us, Moses, mm. I'll teach y'all he Jesus came to us and became like us mm. uh, so that we can together say uh, he showed us what obedience looks like, he showed us what. Uh, grace looks like he showed us what forgiveness looks like Mm. Uh, he is our better than Aaron Mm. Uh, his high priestly office has no end he needs no successor Uh, he is our high priest now and forevermore that's that particularity for each of us is helped by the partnership that God gives us in community with one another and in community with our Christ
2: Mm. yeah that's so good yeah So, five questions. Mm -hmm. Who am I? What should I say when they have questions? What if they don't believe me? What if I'm underqualified? Do you have anybody else? One answer. Mm -hmm. And if y'all ain't been listening, (laughs) (laughs) you're in trouble. Because we've been telling y'all what that one answer is, and that answer is, it's God, man. It's God. God five times over. And particularly, as you mentioned, in the person and work of Christ mm-hmm. and the fact that he is the ultimate answer to all of these questions that we find our ultimate identity, not in the rods that we carry, but the one who took the rod on his back yes. and decided to die on the cross for us. That as we look to him as the author and finisher of our faith, that as these questions come to mind, that we know that he ultimately is the ultimate answer for each and every one of them well thank you for tuning in to this episode of the growth factor podcast we now deploy you to go get in some good trouble Uh, we know you have questions but god is the ultimate answer for those questions and we're grateful for you all joining us on this episode Uh, next go around we're going to dive back into the book of exodus as we continue to dig deeper in the book of exodus but i want to invite you all to join our Facebook community. We have a wonderful, robust community over there called The Growth Factor, uh, shepherded by Pastor Crystal. And every single day we have content on there to help you to continue to grow in Christ. So make sure you go over there and join that group. Also follow this podcast on all major streaming platforms. Leave us a rating or review and then share this season with other people. We do believe it's gonna bless people immensely as we move through the book of exodus and talk about what it looks like to dig and dive deeper this has been the growth factor a broadcast ministry of saint mark baptist church be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform
1: and join our facebook group the growth factor for daily motivational content let's keep the conversation going thank you for listening